Oh, are you doing it now? We're on. Oh, wait. Awkwardly talking about things with Romelia and Gal. And just so I can point out, like, my name isn't really Gout. Of course, it wouldn't really be Gout. It could be. But the funny story is someone in my life actually thought that was my name. Well, they weren't in your life per se. It, it was in, not even an acquaintance. It was actually a complete stranger. Yeah. But and it was on the phone, so you can understand the confusion. Right. Well, I guess. I guess, it, like, quite technically, someone's name could be Gout. Yeah. Maybe they're from Czech. Right. Moving along. Okay. Polyamory. That's our topic. That's the topic for this week. Yeah. Do you want to read a definition of polyamory? Okay, one of the definitions. Sure. Because there's lots. Yeah, read it. Okay, I'm reading it. At its most basic, the concept of polyamory stands for the assumption that it is possible, valid, and worthwhile to maintain intimate, sexual, and or loving relationships with more than one person. Right. What do you think? I think that's a really good um, definition. Do you? Yeah, and it also makes it sound quite nice. Nice. It it makes polyamory sound very, like, almost like a warm blanket that's just, like, covering you. That's true. They're very positive words. Possible, valid, and worthwhile. Yes. Mm. There was another one that I read that was um, also similar, and it said... Polyamory refers to wanting, having, or accepting more than one intimate relationship at a time. I really like that they say wanting, having, or accepting. Never the song because, having three words. Because I think that you can, that means you can be polyamorous even if you just want it and you don't have it, or that you accept it, but you don't want it or have it. That's true. Like, that's really cool. That's a good point. Yeah. One thing that I kind of vaguely object to in my definition is the word maintain. Maintain? Why? Because do you have to be maintaining these relationships or can they just be like one-offs? Oh. Okay, but maybe maintain can mean um, maintaining several one-off op- like relationships. But it's still implying that you're maintaining them. Yeah, this is true. Okay, well, I see your point. <laughs> Aside from that one word, I think that was a really good definition. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I also read something. There isn't a single correct way to be poly as long as you remain ethical. Uh Uh-huh. I guess that's why they have to keep the definitions so open. Yeah, because you literally can't define it because there's no correct way. Is that It's kind of like um, polyamory is like what everyone should do, like, you know, the participation award. You know, like, you used to get that in high school. Like, even if you tried but you didn't get anywhere, you got Definitely. the participa- participation award. <laughs> Maybe Polly could be like that. Like, That's you tried like... something a bit different to the normal. Here you go. You can be Polly. Um, I don't know if that's the kind of perception that you want to put out about Polly. <laughs> to be honest, like, the tried hardest award. Okay, maybe you're right. Because actually, you know, there's a lot of ethics involved. You can't just, like, go into Polly without thinking about ethics. So you need to be a little bit serious. What are the ethics? I think um, what they mean by that, by being ethical, is um, being honest and open. Because I think that's a very big part of polyamory. Mm, communication is the main Communication thing, is, like, massive. Because how, 
could you know? Anyway, before we get too into that, mm. one thing that I think we should talk about is um, misinformation about polyamory. Okay. Maybe. And then also another thing, um, this notion of relationship structures. Oh, yes. Because that also explains a lot about polyamory. Because, like, sure, you can say, oh, like, polyamory is this, like, you know, it's wanting or having or, like, you know, thinking it's okay for people to be in more than one relationship. But what exactly does that look like and what does it mean? And there's, like, no one correct way. What does that mean? Mm. Maybe if we, like, talk a little bit about relationship structures, which is a huge part of polyamory, that could help us understand. But I want to ask a question. Okay. Non-monogamy. Oh, yes. As a different term, sticking on definitions, is how does that relate to polyamory? Right. So, um, when I hear the word non-monogamy, I think of, obviously, monogamy. Mm. So I guess we have to touch on um, monogamy, non-monogamy, or maybe we could say traditional and non-traditional relationships. We could say that. Do they mean the same thing? Like, for example, does non-monogamy or non-traditional relationships mean polyamory? Well, perhaps, but perhaps not because there isn't a single correct way to be poly or to define polyamory. Well, I wonder if they are the same thing or whether... Because this paper that I got that original definition from Mm. talks about um, this construction of polyamory as responsible non-monogamy. Responsible non-monogamy. Oh, so, okay. They're setting it apart essentially from other types of non-monogamy. That so are they saying that responsible. non-monogamy can be, um, you know, not ethical? Yeah. So and they not say. So maybe it's um, you know, what I was going to say before was I read a statement that polyamory is of what polyamory is not. For example, mm-hmm. polyamory is not swinging. It's not cheating. It's not a big orgy. It's not an excuse to sleep around. Mm. Yeah, and this says it's set apart from swinging and casual sex and an abstracted notion of promiscuity. So, oh, okay, hold on, I'm having a moment. Okay. Is non-monogamy just... Okay, non-monogamy, completely different to polyamory. Is non-monogamy just people that are supposed to be or in an agreement with someone that they're monogamous but they're, you know, being a little bit deviant? Yeah, or I think people who don't necessarily have the ethical side of the non-monogamy going. Like, you can be in a... Like, you're not necessarily in a monogamous relationship, but you've been engaging in casual sex. Right. So they're just the people... Okay. That's something I've never thought of before, actually. Hmm. So non-monogamy is not polyamory. Well... Perhaps. Possibly. According to various definitions. That's interesting and good. Yeah, well, that kind of influences the way that you think about it the structures as well yes okay which i will get into so polyamory um people often um employ several different relationship structures and um i think one of the most popular ones is called the v because it's a giant v as you would imagine a v um and the point at the bottom is a person and the two points at the top of the V are two separate people and the person at the bottom is dating both those people but those two people aren't seeing each other. Mm-hmm. If they were seeing each other, that would become a triad because all three people would be involved somehow, mm. I guess. 
And there's also a quad, which, you know, there's obviously four people involved and they can, like, be all together or they can be all separate as well. And there's also a really cool thing called a comet where there's, you know, two people that would appear to be monogamous and they just have someone coming in and out very occasionally. So there's all these different structures, but that's where you also come back to there isn't a single correct way because, Mm. like, when you think about it, you can make any shape you want. There seems to be a lot of assumptions about primary partners and primary partnerships. Yeah, so I I read about this, this primary partner being, like, um, obviously your main partner Mm. and that probably brings in an argument of like hierarchy yes and you do hear about hierarchy a lot in polyamory well i've read a lot whereby obviously a hierarchy just think of a triangle and the top part of the triangle with the smallest angle i guess the most acute angle Oh, depends on what kind of triangle. Well, oh my with. god, you're right. Is this an equilateral? That's what I was assuming. Oh god, it's equilateral. Oh my god, it's okay. a scalene. Look, I, I'll change my um, triangle. Okay. Just say you've got, a, you know, like a basic hierarchy. Like you know, when you're in primary school and you were learning about the food groups mm-hmm. and which ones are good for you and which ones are bad. You've for got you. a pyramid going on. Yeah, that? pyramid, right? Okay. Top of the pyramid is your primary partner, and then you go down from there. So like, wait, is this assumptions or is this truth? I mean, like this is. Probably mostly assumptions. Okay. But, like, also, like, half-truths. Okay. Anyway, you have your primary partner, which is what you just mentioned, and they're, like, the most important to you. Mm. But, and then you go down. Like, obviously, the bottom is just, like, casual hookups, like, one-night stands with strangers. Um, but going back to um, this primary partner stuff, is this, like, because humans can't detach from monogamy oh having the primary partner yeah because like obviously this is a sweeping claim society has pretty much taught us that monogamy is the only way Mm. so by having a primary partner it's almost like these people are um still clinging on to monogamy in a way even Mm -hmm. though they're not because they're seeing other people maybe yes so then i was reading about an article in the huff post yes which was from the perspective of somebody who was polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the idea that there has to be a more important relationship um, is the same as looking at same-sex couples and thinking about them in terms of there being a person who's the man in the relationship. Oh, God, yeah. Like so, that, that question like that you constantly get um, if you are in a same-sex relationship. Who's the man? Yeah. So by saying who's the most important... I've never been asked that. What, you never get asked who's the man in this relationship? Is that a thing that happens? Um, yeah, so quite often to lesbians especially. Oh. People, okay, heterosexual people will yeah. definitely always say who's the man in the relationship or who wears the pants in a relationship or oh. some, like, that's just a common thing that uninformed heterosexual people ask gay people all the time. Like, I've heard of that before. I've I wonder if, like, gay men get, like, who's the, who's the lady... Like, that kind of thing. Maybe. Anyway, this is obviously coming to a point that I want to make. Yes. That that is very heteronormative. Yes. It's a heteronormative point of view to have that there must be someone more important in all your relationships because they're trying to go back to monogamy, Mm. which is all they know in heteronormative land. True. And I guess that we've been socialised, brought up in a world that is socialised towards 
monogamy and heteronormativity. Absolutely. So that's still kind of ingrained in our psyches and possibly would influence polyamorous relationships as well. Absolutely. Before we get into that, because we are going to talk about that more later, I think. I think. If we can get back around to it. Yeah. If we don't forget. Probably. Let's talk about some pros and cons of being polyamorous or just poly. Okay. Let's right. do that. Um, so, positives. Mm-hmm. I read this article that um, said... You know, the following positive elements um, may be found in polyamory. Increased personal freedom, greater depth to social relationships, the potential for sexual exploration in a non-judgmental setting. That's a big one. Mm. A strengthening of spousal bonds, I guess, because you have a lot more honesty and um, trust, I guess. Um, Yeah, I guess so. A sense of being desired, um, a feeling of belongingness. Added companionship, increase, oh, sorry, increased self-awareness, intellectual variety, and the change of new aspects of personality um, to emerge through relating to more people. Mm. I wonder about that, though. Because a lot of those elements could easily be applied to monogamous relationships as well. Yeah, and also a lot of these elements could be replied, uh, applied to just, um, for example, same-sex relationships, like... When I think about, for myself, Mm. the whole um, feeling of belongingness especially, um, increased self-awareness, a chance for new aspects of personality to emerge through relating to more people were Mm. a lot of, a lot of those came to me when I came out of the gate. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because... Finding community kind of stuff. Yeah, finding your community. And I guess polyamory is a community, so that's what they mean by that. I suppose. Oh, I was thinking of it as in, like, a group of people that you were in a relationship with. Oh, you were thinking about, about those direct people. Yeah. But, like, because I, I see that you would have a chance for as- new aspects of your personality to emerge through mm. having various people that you're quite intimate with. Mm. Mm. But then think about that, like, there's also, like, intellectual variety. Um, yeah, and that's the same companionship. thing. Companionship. Yeah. Like, if you've got a number of different people that you're turning to for com- companionship, intimate companionship. Mm. And you're getting more intellectual stimulation, potentially, because you're talking about different topics with them and they have different fields of expertise. Yeah, which um, brings up this next point that is kind of like um, if we think about the human capacity for love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you really... Can a human find one other human that will meet all their needs? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, some people have intellectual needs... Some people have physical needs. Some people have, um, you know, all kinds of different needs. I think it would be extremely, extremely rare to find one person that can meet every single one of those needs without you having to negotiate anything. Yeah, I mean, but like, I'm sure people have done it, but... I don't think in a monogamous relationship you're expected not to have to negotiate that stuff, though. Yeah, I see your point. I think it's more about, like, making compromises and being okay with the loss of something that you're looking for as opposed to seeking out that in You're right. Ways. So, like, being okay with the things that you may not be able to have met. Yeah. Okay, but I guess why do we have to settle for that? Like, when we could get all of our needs met, would we be a very different human race? Well, are you getting something... Why do people seek monogamy? Yeah, I guess... Do they only seek it because it's all they know? 
know. Or it's all they've been taught or it's all they've been, like, influenced by and it's all they've been, like, shown on in popular culture. I don't know if there's any way to actually answer that, except for looking at studies of other animals and yeah. seeing how they live their lives. Other species. But I don't think you can study them for, like, levels of satisfaction, can you? Yeah, I don't Emotional think so. states? I don't think so. I think that's getting too deep. That would probably be difficult to compare across species. Uh, it would be so <laughs> difficult. It would be so difficult. <laughs> um, I don't know. Right. Well, um, interesting. Um, if we just quickly go back to um, the... Oh, our pros and cons list? What about the cons? There's obviously some very... Well, there is some very obvious ones. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the main things that you seem to be concerned about is jealousy. Oh, always talking about jealousy. <laughs> Big on the jealousy. Always talking about it. Mm-hmm. I guess another huge one is, like, perception in the mainstream. So what mainstream people or, like, mainstream ideas and culture thinks about mono- uh, non-monogamy and polyamory. Mm-hmm. Which is always negative. Yeah. Well, generally, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also time management. Oh, time management is... another one. Hell hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, you'd have to be the most organised person in the world to be able to see, like, more than three people, I reckon. Yeah, it just sounds really quite exciting. Unless you all saw each other together, I think that would make it a lot easier. But if you were seeing three separate people mm. separately, that would be difficult. It would be. I'm very not good at speaking to people a lot. Well, you would suffer I would just not in that be situation. Great at that. You would be silent would. and not enjoying yourself at I all. I need to recharge in silence by myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Polyamory is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, Maybe it is only for extroverted people though. Yeah, I wonder if they've done a survey of that. I wonder if they could do a study on that. Like yeah. A study on the number of extroverted slash introverted people that are polyamorous. Yeah. Cool. That is something to write down for future studies. Yes. When we become social scientists. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> Did you want to talk more about jealousy? Sure. Um, I think that the it's interesting to note that the complex mix of behaviours that society labels as jealousy mm. can and does manifest itself in polyamorous relationships, mm. but most importantly, the complex mix of behaviours that society labels as jealousy. Wait, manifests in polyamory? Yes. So, um... Oh, as in, like, polyamorous people do not avoid jealousy? Yeah, one. But also, going back to jealousy is a complex mix of behaviours that society has just labelled as jealousy. So, can you tell me what those behaviours are? Sure. So, um... Alright, first of all, there's a number of uh, research documents that say that what we call jealousy Mm -hmm. is more akin to, like, um, a whole bunch of different emotions than one single feeling. Okay. So people are saying, like, what what we know is jealousy is a whole bunch of different things and emotions mm. rather than just this single feeling, which is what we think of when we think of jealousy, a single feeling. Um, and I think polyamory um, people, uh, polyamorous people, sorry, 
um, are not immune to it, but can employ several mechanisms for dealing with it. Okay. Um, so they're more aware of it, perhaps, than other people. That's or right. able to, because they're working on it, they're able to kind of distinguish between the different emotional yes. contributors? Yes. So, um, there's one researcher, Ellis, who does an excellent job of separating um, some terms. So there's rational jealousy, mm-hmm. the kind that you can live with and which may spur you to relationship-enhancing behaviours. Oh. And there's irrational jealousy, which is, um, you know, the typical definition of jealousy that most of we know, um, which can lead us to, like, you know, a lot of destructive behaviours. But they might be irrational, but you can still acknowledge them yeah. and kind of come to terms with that. Well, I think that's what you have to do because the ultimate goal is that word that um, means the opposite of jealousy, which is compersion. Oh, yeah. Compersion. Yeah, compersion definition is the opposite of jealousy and polyamory people use this a lot. Yeah. It refers to taking delight in a partner's love for another. And um, some people like to refer to parents taking joy in the blossoming of one of their charts. That's weird. That's a strange thing to yeah. liken that to. It is. That but seems like, incestuous. I know, like, <laughs> does it? Yeah, blossoming of a child. No, like, I mean, like, don't think of it as that. Think no, of I'm it not. As I'm like, just taking issue with that analogy. The actual word itself is fine. What? The analogy is in, like, relating it to... The parent. A partner and a parent. Like, relating your love of... Your, like, pride and love of your partner doing something great with someone else. Yeah, I think that's weird. That's very, like, belittling or, like, demeaning. It's kind of putting them on a lower platform than you being like, oh, I'm proud of you being able to do this. Really? Yeah. Are you saying, like, if you were in a relationship with someone and you... Like, I know that you don't identify as poly, but, like, just for imagine, try to think that you are. Okay. And you <laughs> I'll go, try my hardest. You go home and you say to your... Maybe you've got a primary partner. Okay. And you say to them, look, I feel so great because I'm seeing this other person and they really, really like me and they make me feel so good about myself. Mm-hmm. They make me feel really happy and we get along really well. And immediately you'd think you'd be jealous. Mm -hmm. But, like, imagine also thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, you obviously love when that person is happy and you love to see them happy. Can you not just, like, would there not be, like, some kind of... Yeah. Is it possible to... From a rational perspective, yes. From a rational... Okay, so is it kind of like communism, how it sounds good on paper, but it's not good in practice? Yeah, I suspect so in my case, but maybe other people are able to do it better. Maybe compersion is like Buddhism and reaching nirvana. Yes. So like, you know, once you reach nirvana, that's it. That's true. Once you reach compersion, that's it. You no longer have to relive any lives. You've reached compersion. That's brilliant. What happens when you reach that? Do you just kind of disintegrate? Yes. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's move on from that topic okay <laughs> we did briefly talk about perceptions in the mainstream and how that's a con but maybe we can move on to talking about the polyamory's emergence into the mainstream yeah how how 
Why? What? What? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Too many. Too many indeed. Um, yes. Well, there's a lot of reasons I think why polyamory has come into mainstream. Do you want to touch on any of those? Yes. Okay. So um, I was looking at a text that listed a whole lot of different things. Mm. Um, so different factors, they say, include gender equality mm. um, or increasing gender equality. Yes. Recognition of same-sex relationships. Oh. And related moves towards seeing relationship partners as equal with autonomous goals alongside powerful societal narratives of love and romance. Yeah. So, there's a lot of different factors there. That's interesting. I also have a couple more to add. Okay. Um, longer human lifespan. Mm. So, the decades of sexual and emotional exclusivity are becoming... Uh, increasingly seen as unrealistic. Um, mm. High divorce rates as well. Um, this is also what you were saying, the growing economic and social equality um, of women specifically, not just of like same-sex relationships, but mm. just this growing economic and social equality of women resulting in greater choice about how they would like to arrange their intimate life. Mm-hmm. Um and the expansion of the internet, which gives visibility and accessibility to sex-positive culture, is mm. huge. There's a lot of things. And they all kind of coincide in, I guess, yeah, in work together to... To create this entry into mainstream. Mm. I think one of the most interesting ones is definitely gender equality and oh, yeah. the changing role of women in society. Yeah, I think that is too, because um, feminism has a huge impact on like so many things in the world. But... When I was first just thinking about polyamory, I never would have thought, I never would have put the two together and been like, oh, like fem- feminism a huge, is a huge reason why polyamory is coming into the mainstream. Mm. I wouldn't have just put that together, but when you think about it... But it's it, so obvious. It's so obvious, women, right? Yeah, they don't need to rely on a dominant partner. Right. A man. And this kind of goes back to like traditional relationships and non-traditional relationships. Mm. And in history, women have always been you know, um, forced into, I guess, traditional relationships, um, based on social narratives. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. That's cool. Because they never, well, I was, I suppose it was just a cultural thing, but also there was no way to economically survive as a woman. You're right, there was no way to economically survive as a woman. So now that they're in the workplace and achieving a reasonable amount of pay then they can do whatever they like. It's a very good point, a reasonable amount of pay. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and they do have more choice in how they'd like to arrange their life and their intimate life. Mm. Which is, I wonder if that also reflects on women's um, ability to have multiple partners just over the course of their life. Um, uh, like, not necessarily poly, but just, like, multiple different... Yeah, partners. like, being able to go into re- relationships as they like instead of needing to rely on somebody for um, financial support and therefore only having one major relationship and getting married really young. Ah. Anyway, there's a lot of factors. Yes, there is, definitely. (laughs) Um, Okay. Mm. So what about this, like, the expansion of the internet and, like, visibility? Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. It is because it's... um, 
I mean, not only has the internet been good for, um, you know, LGBT people and their fight for equality, mm. um, but also it's been... It's giving visibility, I guess, to what polyamory is, but it's also made, creating opportunity for polyamory people to meet each other mm. and for people to find their cultures mm. and their social groups. I suppose it's kind of really very similar to the um, online dating phenomena. Yeah, I guess it is. In that it makes it much easier to find people and you don't necessarily just have to go up to randoms. And I think it would be difficult historically perhaps to go up to people and be able to find out if they were polyamorous it would be very difficult like yeah. I, I wonder how they met maybe well okay from research that i've read a lot of people met in gay clubs oh really or, or queer spaces mm-hmm. so that's actually a good segue oh because we were talking about how it came into the mainstream and I think how Polly came into the mainstream was through the gay, lesbian, queer culture. Mm. It was helped by that. And I wonder if that's because a lot of people that are Polly are also LGBT. And I wonder if that's true. Is it because they, people are LGBT, are they more open-minded? Mm. I am intrigued by this. Because I think there's a couple of assumptions that you have to work through, which is that would they have been inherently LGBTQ um, to be using those spaces, or was there just no other alternative? Mm. Um, so maybe they do still identify as heterosexual, or there's no letter for them for for poly because poly. because at the moment polyamory isn't a sexual orientation. Although yeah. I did briefly read an article that was arguing that polyamory is a sexual orientation, and it was very complicated and not something that I think we should get into right now. Okay, so that's a different thing. That's a different thing to talk about completely. Um, but, but you're right. The second assumption is also probably that if you are in complex multiple relationships, there's probably some degree of same-sex relationship going on. Not necessarily, but... Like probably you're saying, it's probably inevitable. Like a high frequency, higher frequency than uh, than just yeah mainstream. Yeah, actually, absolutely, just per, you know, completely just because of the numbers. Yeah. Okay. I would think. Um, but it's still like uh, maybe it came out of that safe space kind of. Yeah, maybe safe space is the word. Like it was a safe space. You know. But in saying safe, um, I mean, there's still a lot of judgment and dislike from inside the LGBT community for polyamory. Yeah. So that's when we were talking about homonormativity. Yeah, that awesome word, homonormativity. Yeah, it's pretty As opposed fun. to heteronormativity. Yeah. Um, and... What exact, can you explain what exactly that is? homonormativity is in this context that we're talking about? In this context, we're looking at it as kind of um, the complement of heteronormativity in terms of the monogamous relationship. So the assumption that if you're going into a homosexual relationship, it's going to be a monogamous one. Yeah, and that you want to achieve marriage equality specifically, which is what a lot of countries are fighting for at the moment. Yeah. And so in order to achieve marriage, you want to show, I guess, or prove to the hetero people that we're exactly the same as you, 
we're not like sexually deviant or whatever mm. um we can be monogamous we just the same gender yeah which yeah, is right. obviously something that has been a struggle um in some sections of the lgbt community because gay men have their own culture culture you're right i mean let's break it down lesbians they love monogamy <laughs> Not all lesbians. Okay, no, obviously. <laughs> okay, I need to put a disclaimer on this. <laughs> Let's talk very stereotypically. Lesbians stereotypically love monogamy <laughs> to the point where they almost become like serial monogamous. It's like impossible to be with more than one person for them, stereotypically. This all is right? talking a lot from your own experience as well, isn't it? Yes, it is talking <laughs> about my own experience as a lesbian back in the day. Um, Secondly, very stereotypically, gay men are probably more open to the idea of being in multiple different relationships. Mm. And maybe that's more sexually than romantically, but still. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it has a different culture that's kind of moved away from the main stream of monogamy. Yeah. And I wonder, I imagine that's something to do with socialization as well and expectations that you place on men as opposed to women. That is such a good point. Because it always comes back to different, you know, men and women having different social expectations. Mm. Look at heteronormative culture. If a guy sleeps with multiple women, he's a hero. If a girl sleeps with multiple men, she's a a slut. As they said. A slut face. A slut. Um, (laughs) I mean, what about in lesbian culture? If a lesbian sleeps with multiple other women, think about like what we know in lesbian popular culture. The L word. Oh yes. If a woman sleeps with multiple people, think of Shane. Oh. In the L word. That's true. She's seen as really cool. Yeah. But. But that's not cheating. That's just sleeping. Right. Okay. She's not necessarily in relationships. In a monogamous relationship. Having casual sex. You're right. Okay. But still, there is the expectations, as you mentioned, Mm. that are different between men and women. Um, And I think Polly smashes that, really. Yeah. I mean, when you think of poly, you don't think of genders, do you, really? If I think of poly, I just think of humans. Yeah, I think of it as a concept. Yeah, I don't think of any gender, which is really cool. Yeah. Which is why, when I was thinking about it, because I did a lot of reading about bisexuality. Right. And that um, conceptually is quite similar because it's like this clouding of the norm. Yes. Because um, there's a lot of assumptions that you're either one or the other and there's kind of like a binary of choice oh and if you're binary yeah (laughs) i hate that word not into binaries oh not at all okay can't escape it though no the world is made of that's what we live in most people want binary (laughs) anyway sorry to interrupt so you've got bisexuality which is kind of like this clouding and particularly when you're talking about it in terms of like a kinsey scale which is like you know a very large percentage of the population is bisexual but we're not really acknowledging it. And they're kind of like this, um, what's that word that's like under, anyway, I can't think of the word, but Mm -hmm. um, it kind of disrupts and it kind of destabilizes um, established norms, which is what non-monogamy does, essentially. Yeah, in general. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Um, I like that. I like what you brought up about that. Um... Mm. Is there anything else that you want to add? 
No, I think that's about it. Well, okay, if you want to read anything that we spoke about, we'll include some references. Yeah, we'll include them as a link in the description. Yes. Good. Alright. Okay. You have been Romelia, and I have been Scout. Scout. Oh, damn it. Tried. <laughs> Tried. And we have awkwardly talked about polyamory. <laughs>